on this episode of Why Watch That. She wants to shelter these girls in the church. Just sing for the Lord, girls. But I, by the way, I'm not going to try to find out who your parents are. So he's like, look, I'm going to take care of your brother unless you give me my money. So he tries to go into hiding. Grandmother's played by Margot Martindale. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Oh, okay, I'm tuning in. There you go. The middle episode you were talking about, that spiral for Sherlock, the drugs, I, that to me exemplified what's best about this show. I was absolutely riveted. So That's because you, know, you have a dark heart. <laughs> hey, hey I'll, I'll take it. Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. The Why Watch That Talk. Well, listeners, you know what? We're not going to discount the fact that we have been drenched in film. (laughs) (laughs) Movies, we've we've been traveling, we've we've been to screenings, we're surviving the award season, but we don't want to forget about our other love, the other, the mistress of Why Watch That. Oh. (laughs) And that's, of course, television, because guess what? If you continue to ignore TV, you're going to have a problem seriously because it's going to sneak up on you. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to highlight some of the new TV shows that are out this January. Yes, we know it's February, but we're taking it one step at a time. And the critic has been busy, shall we say. My eyes are bleeding. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And your ears. Let's start off with... Freeform's new, uh, new show called Beyond. Now, if you're confused about what Freeform is, that is that uh, family, what was it? ABC. ABC. Yeah, it used to be ABC Family. Now it's called Freeform, whatever. Yeah, yep. So Beyond is on Hulu and on demand if you want to binge it. But if you don't, you can just take it one step out on, at a time on Freeform. That's right. And this is about... Um, uh, a teenage guy called Holden Matthews, who something happened to him when he was a kid that put him into a coma. And this Uh-oh. involves uh, his best friend and his best friend's brother. So all of that's connected. He wakes up 12 years later, but he has no none of the uh, ill effects of the coma. He can walk, he's strong, everyone's surprised because he has special powers, everybody. Oh. So he God. wasn't... Yeah, so that coma wasn't technically a coma. It was him actually learning things in a different realm to get these powers. And now that he's back into the world we live in, he has to contend with the forces of good and evil, of course. And he has to figure out exactly what's going on because he doesn't remember. So all these people show up. Now, just as the ref said, everybody, you can binge this on Hulu, all 10 episodes right at once instead of watching it week to week. I suggest it if you're interested because you'll need to see about two or three episodes to really know whether you have the patience for this. There are moments that are interesting for me. Like I liked in the first episode when they did action. There's not enough of it, in my opinion, though, to propel us 
through some of the writing and acting challenges. So there you go with Beyond. Okay, well, guess what? Lee Daniels is back with another show on Fox, and it's called Star, and it it really is starring some some of uh, Hollywood's favorites. You've got uh, Queen Latifah in there. You've got Benjamin Bratt. He's there, and you've got three starlet girls who are singing, dancing, and acting. Yeah. Well, that, good. I like the question mark at the end of that. Um, now, here's the thing. <laughs> this ain't Empire. That's my review. Now, here's the thing, oh, though. Okay, okay. For Star, just as the ref said, there's a trio of gals who come together to form a singing group. Now, two of them are sisters who are adopted by different people. They escape the adoption, and the way they escape is violent. That was almost a moment when I almost turned it off because it was just too unbelievable. Okay. The other uh, part of this trio is a rich girl whose father is played by Lenny Kravitz, okay? (laughs) And he's a rock star, all of that. So she wants to do things on her own. She runs away from him. They all run away to go to Queen Latifah's character who owns a beauty salon and is a church woman. Now this church woman takes in three runaway children and don't ask no questions. I just look and she doesn't want them to be in the music industry because she has some problems there and this is where Benjamin Bratt comes in who is a talent manager so they have a thing going on she and Benjamin Bratt she wants to shelter these girls in the church just sing for the Lord girls but I by the way I'm not gonna try to find out who your parents are okay so this everybody is if you take Empire you take away the humor take away Taraji take away Terrence that star Good got luck. it, got it, got it, got it. Sounds like you're not going to be uh, tuning in each week. No. Uh, Emerald City, which is another Wizard of Oz uh, uh, morph yeah. on NBC, is uh, it's something to watch or something to skip? Should we go home, Dorothy, or should we stay in Oz? Well, you know, we, here's another one. We had that Snow White one or whatever from before. Now we're here at Emerald City. Um, we see this is an updated kind of version. So it's uh, Dorothy right now is, of course, taken to Oz. Uh, but the way it happens is they try to... Here's the thing, because I don't have time to really describe all of this. Here's the thing with this. They try to update what we know from The Wizard of Oz. They try to ground it in more realism. But you still have the magic. And the question is, can they toggle between the two? I mean, you do have Vincent D'Onofrio playing the Wizard of Oz. I mean, so, okay. I mean, that's worth just tuning in for. Yeah, you have Jolie Richardson, who's in the whole great Richardson family. She's playing Glinda. Okay? So all of this stuff happens, but they add stuff to the story that you may not be expecting. So there's a problem coming in Oz, and Dorothy comes in, and of course they think she's a witch. Um, and she knows science. They don't know what that is. Who's the scarecrow? Who's the tin man? How do they bring them in? It's not quite what you would think it is. It's not traditional. Uh, in my opinion, though, they don't push it far enough um, for me to remain interested. So, you know. Okay. Well, if you're into the, that whole, um, you know, Oz-themed a fairy tale kind of theme thing. It might be for you. Maybe not. Maybe. Taboo on FX, which is absolutely no fairy tale. Uh, 
the Dark Tom Hardy uh, series, <laughs> we'll say. And uh, it's apparently running in the family because his dad is involved with the project. Please tell us about Taboo because I'm a huge Tom Hardy fan. If you know Tom Hardy, you know this show. Okay. Oh. It is a period piece. It is dark. It's on FX. Can you understand everything that's being said? No. You know, we know what we're going to get. No. This was co-created by Tom Hardy and his father. I love his father's name, Chips Hardy. That's along, great. Yes. Along with Stephen Knight. So here's what happens. It's an eight-part series. It's 1814, everybody. Uh, Tom Hardy plays James Delaney. He returns to Great Britain after 12 years in Africa. His half-sister thinks he's dead. His father, the father of both of them, has died. And the oh. half-sister wants his stuff. Because he has some land in the Americas that's worth money. Oh. So this, the half-sister and her husband think they're going to get it. And they're gonna, they want to sell this to the East India Company. But uh-uh. Tom Hardy comes in and says, nope, that's mine, thank you, and takes it. He also arrives with some diamonds that he buries. What's going on with that? So we also have the end of the War of 1812, uh, I guess. It's around that time going on. Now, Tom Hardy wants to keep this land for himself and make money off of it, much to the chagrin of the East India Company. So they're trying to get him, and I mean dead. But does that work? Who knows? Now, oh, he, wow. his mother has uh, native blood. So the thing is, his experiences in Africa with the slave trade, his uh, connection to his mother, there's some mysticism going on. Now, this is a slow-moving show. But yes, it, apparently. Good gracious. <laughs> but if you are intrigued by any of that, I would say watch it. It certainly is not going to be like anything else on TV right now. Okay. You know what? It, just because it's Tom Hardy, I'll give it a whirl. But after all of that, you might have to have a, a, a map to maneuver through that. Now, we're going to Sneaky Pete on Amazon. And I kept saying, this sounds so familiar, sounds so familiar. That's because the pilot premiered in 2015. Yes. Um, but now they're in full swing, and it's on, again, Amazon. And there's some familiar faces on screen and behind the scenes as well. That's right. It's co-created by David Shore, who created a whole bunch of shows, and Mr. Brian Cranston, who also has a supporting role. So Giovanni Rabisi plays uh, Marius or Pete. Take your pick. He's a con man. And while he was in prison for conning people, his cellmate kept talking on and on and on about his wonderful grandmother and his wonderful time as a kid, uh, spending time with his grandmother and his grandfather and the rest of his family. On and on and on, Pete went. So Marius, played by Giovanni, when he gets out of prison, decides, hmm, I'm going to assume <laughs> Pete's identity. Aww. Because the family hasn't seen him for many years since he was a kid. The reason he does it is he owes money to Brian Cranston's uh, character, who is Vince Lonigan, a crime boss. Now, Vince has Marius's brother in his clutches. So he's like, Look, I'm going to take care of your brother unless you give me my money. So he tries to go into hiding. Grandmother's played by Margot Martindale. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Oh, okay, I'm tuning in. There you go. And the question is, so she's there, his cousins are there. Margot Martindale's character, though, has a sixth sense for people oh. because they are bail bondsmen. 
<laughs> so she doesn't quite know what's going on with Pete. Something's up. She can't quite put her finger on it. So if this sounds interesting to you, everybody, does it reinvent anything? No, but it's solid. If you like this cast, just watch it for them. Oh, well, talk about a, a, a healthy cast here. On PBS, Victoria is, is here, and it's long. This, I mean, the episodes are long. I got a chance to catch um, the first and second episode, um, or maybe even the third, because it was like four hours of my life. And uh, and it is it's the namesake. It it is the first Victoria, the only real Victoria that has the longest reign, um, um, and she's outdone by the current Elizabeth II. I go ahead with this one because this was a challenge for me. Yes, and okay, so this is starts with the first few, few years of Queen Victoria's reign. She's played by Jenna Coleman. Uh, we see her, uh, uh, you know, her accession to the throne at 18. She has this just gripping, intense, like, I can't live without your relationship with Lord Melbourne. And uh, Lord Melbourne, everybody, is played by the great Rufus Sewell. He's yes. too old for her. He is the prime minister. He, you know, but he kind of likes her too. It's but, very sticky. Yes, it's yes, it's very sticky. Now the thing is, a bunch of people don't want her on the throne. Her oh. mother included. Oh. So there are all these people pulling at her and trying to make her seem like she's not fit. So is she going to have a, a regency? All that kind of stuff comes in. But if she gets married that will probably help her to keep the throne and keep people away. So there are some suitors coming in. And this is when I think ref that the show kind of picked up because there's a suitor who comes in. I won't even give away who he is. He's a prince, okay? And it's Prince Albert played by Tom Hughes. And he is not what Victoria expects in a suitor. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, if you know history, we know. Yes, we do know. Now, uh, look, if you have a pick between this and the crown, it's the crown all oh day long my gosh, and yes, twice yes. on Sunday. But if you want something else, something lighter, then fine for Victoria. Uh, you know what? I say go with the crown. But again, if you're a fan, I agree. Just keep going with these um, royal dramas. Yeah. Uh, speaking of royal drama... HBO has one of its own, but it's not the kind of royalty we're talking about. We're talking about divine <clears throat> royalty. Uh-oh. Yes, we're talking about the young Pope starring people that you love. And the question is, will you love this show? I don't know. Uh, look, it's created by Paolo Sorrentino. He directed it. He wrote it. it this man has a strange sensibility, and it shows in every minute of the young pope oh, uh, now this premiered in italy before it came here to hbo and they loved it i'm telling you everybody this is the kind of show that forces you to know you're watching a show that yeah. from the very beginning they are very clear that no this is not we're not transporting you anywhere you're gonna know that you're watching uh, something happen and we have the young pope played by the great jude law and he is the first american pope and the, they put him into the, that, the papacy, but once he becomes the Pope, he doesn't give them what they expect. He no, wants to change boy. the church in ways that may be taking it backward. 
instead of forward. Now, he has people in the way, of course. So Diane Keaton, first of all, comes in as Sister Mary, who's she took him in when he was an orphan. Yeah, like his adopted mother, so to speak. There you go. And he checks her, too. Oh, boy, he does. We have uh, Silvio Orlando playing Cardinal Angelo Voyello. Oh, yes. Okay. The Cardinal Secretary of State, and they go at it to love it. Tat. Great acting. Yeah, very good. We also have James Cromwell, everybody, playing his mentor, who is like, wait, I'm supposed to be the Pope. Right. <laughs> and he's depressed. <laughs> but while this sounds like straightforward stuff, everybody, the actual techniques of making it no. throw it completely off. So this is something you certainly have to watch on your own to determine whether it fits your sensibilities or not. I'm still in limbo. I still don't quite know how to You know what? I'll help, the li- I'll help our listeners out because you watch a lot of television. You have a lot of tolerance. You will know from the first episode whether or not the show is for you. We'll say that much. Yeah, yeah. Um, Netflix has a new show called Frontier. I feel like we're throwing back a lot um, this season or this January to the times of old and netflix does not of course will, wants to get in on that as well yeah that's right um so this is uh this is in the 1700s storing a north american fur trade uh we have jason momoa starring as a guy who's both uh irish and Cree. okay so what happens is he's helping the Cree take over that fur trade, get in the way and steal their fur and make money off of it. Well, really, it's their fur. So let's not even get into that. This is from the British, right? There you go. Yes. And this is the Hudson's Bay Company. So we had East India Company. Now we have Hudson's Bay Company in this show. So the Hudson Bay Company goes, we got to stop this dude. They get into their clutches, another Irishman, full Irish. And we see how that happens. So he's in trouble. But the way he tries to get out of trouble is he agrees to go spy on Jason Momoa's character. But is Jason Momoa that stupid? That's the question. So who's crossing whom is the question. Here's what I'll say. If you like black sales on stars, this will probably work for you. For me, black sales didn't work early on. I would say the frontier starts a little better, um, but it's not quite enough of a hook for me to keep watching. And that's really the key, everybody, for these shows. First episode, if you see anything that's intriguing, try to go to the second. If they don't hook you in any way by then, just move on. Just move on. Move on, because there's plenty to choose for from. So if you want something a little lighter, of course, CW is going to deliver the lightness. And they are back with another uh, new show called Riverdale. And it's based on the Archie comics. There so. You have to worry about hiding your face or you know keeping your night light on with this one <laughs> well maybe you t- maybe you will oh, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> Look, this is like Riverdale. <laughs> this is like the archie comics meets the vampire diaries <laughs> so because what happens is we are in a teen show everybody we do have those romantic aspects but there is a supposed murder that happened of one of the classmates who done it? Now, we have Archie who returns from the summer. He was working with his father, played by Luke Perry. 
uh, working outdoors during the summer. So, you know, he's all buff and all of that. He can never keep a shirt on at this show. And so his, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the kind of thing you get. Now we have Betty and Archie's played by KJ Appa. Betty's played by Lily Reinhardt. If you know these characters, you know that Betty is in love with uh, Archie. She's a sweet blonde girl. She sees him, but Archie was uh, doing something else during the summer with a teacher. And that's getting in the oh, way of him. Oh, wait a minute, what happened? <laughs> uh, and, and that's getting in the way of him, uh, you know, wanting to be with Betty. Now, Veronica moves in. Oh, played by, Yeah, played by Camila Mendez. And there's something going on with her father that forces her and her mother to transplant from New York to Riverdale. So she comes in and she complicates things. We also have the twin sister of the kid who's dead, who is a B.I. You know what else? Okay, so we have that aspect. And of course we have the gay best friend. I mean, all of this is here. <laughs> so if you like teen dramas, if that's your thing, if you're going, oh, The Vampire Diaries is about to end, this is an adequate replacement. Um, I just won't be watching too much of it. It's not bad though. Oh, well, let's move on. You're <laughs> almost done, guys. Um, Z, the beginning of everything, is on Amazon. Now, I don't know much about this, but I've seen a lot of the advertisement because of Christina Ricci, so. That's right. And Christina Ricci uh, plays Zelda Fitzgerald eventually. So that is the wife of F. Scott Fitzgerald. They are both in this show. But it's really focused on the Z, Okay. So we see her, and look, she is uh, known as the original flapper. So this is the 20s, everybody. They probably start just before the 20s. And we see her, you know, just courting all kinds of men. She don't care. She don't care. The father, she don't, she don't even want to listen to her father. He's like, could you get it together? Her mother is kind of like, oh, Zelda, do whatever you want. <laughs> and her father's played by David Strathairn, great actor. Uh, and F. Scott Fitzgerald is played by David Hoffman. So we see, you know, she likes to get around. She meets F. Scott Fitzgerald. He sees her first and he is immediately in love. Mm. And there's something about him that she likes because she is tired and they're in Montgomery, Alabama. She's tired of that kind of guy who's adult. Mm -hmm. Because behind all of that stuff that she puts on out front, she's very smart, she reads, she writes. She wants a guy who can match her intellectually. And we know that F. Scott Fitzgerald can. So the question is, he's about to go to war when they meet. What happens with the war? If you know history, you know what happens. And what m helps them move forward in their relationship or not. Now, the unique thing about this is, it is a period piece, as you know, it is a drama but it's only 30 minutes per episode. Oh. So there are 10 episodes on Amazon. You can binge it five hours or less of your life. And the thing that keeps me watching, I'll tell you, is the relationship between uh, Zelda and F. Scott Fitzgerald. There's Ooh. some problems here, but there's enough of a spark between the two of them so far for me that I'll keep watching. Oh, I like sparks. Well, let's end this all with BET's new show, called The Quad, and uh, it is definitely going to rock the boat on BET because they've hired some amazing actors to do something that's probably pretty, pretty classic, some classic things. There you go. Yeah, it's a classic campus setup. Yeah. So what happens is Anika Nani Rose, Tony oh. Award winner, 
yes, comes in here. She is a woman whose marriage is on the brink. She has a daughter who's about to be a freshman in college and she is out of work. So she is, you know, a college uh, administrator level. She runs colleges, president level. She's looking for her next gig because her husband says, you got to get out of my house. Uh-oh, uh-oh. She finds it at an HBCU, okay? So she goes to the fictional Georgia A&M University. She becomes their president. But everybody there is not quite on board with her because they go, look, you're an Ivy League black person. Do oh, you boy. know this mill you or not? Somebody on her side, though, is played by Jasmine Guy. <laughs> now, ah, she's back on college. I told y'all. <laughs> now, she has to contend with the budget. They don't have a lot of money. She's promised that she's going to turn this college around quickly. Her daughter joins her at this college, and the daughter likes the father, not the mother. Now, she has on one hand, Ruben Santiago Hudson, who plays the band director. And this is a great band. They bring in all kinds of money. And we see two roommates who try to get on to uh, the band uh, as freshmen. And we know that's very challenging for them. Ruben Santiago Hudson's character tells Anikinani Rose, don't come to me looking for money. We bring in the money here. I'm not cutting anything. I'm going to have all the perks I've always had. Thank you. Goodbye. Now, on the other hand, we have the football program. And we see uh, a star athlete come in and we follow him. So the question is, can she manage all of these things? And will there be any problems and hiccups along the way? We know that of there course, will. Of course, of course. Now, this is on BET. If you like uh, that, was that Becoming Mary Jane show? That yeah. kind of thing. If you like some of the own shows, I think that this works well. It doesn't embarrass itself. So if that's your kind of thing, watch it. If you're not quite sure of that, if that's not quite what you want, then I would say that this is probably not going to transcend the genre enough to hook you. Well, well, well. Looks like January has been full steam ahead while we've been hiding our heads in movie theaters and I such. I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to check out any of those TV shows, again, um, they're available and they're continually being aired. Some of them you can binge. Some of them you'll just have to be patient with. Well, You'll just have to be patient with us. We'll get to February eventually. <laughs> this episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Back to why watch that. Now listen up folks, as we alluded to earlier, yes, TV is back and it's going full steam ahead with its new shows, but we can't forget about those that are returning to our small screen. And uh, let me tell you something. These, the second, third, or whatever season it's on, pull of no punches. I mean, at some point, we're looking at something that's a sixth season. So we're, we're going to go ahead and go through those and let you know where things are and where we are. Mm. 
returning TV shows. Yes. 17. Here we go. Let's start off with CMT. Oh. They picked up a new show. But it's not new to us. It's <laughs> Nashville. Yeah, Nashville is on CMT now. It's no longer on ABC. ABC said, ta-ta. CMT said, thank you. And now we have a new season of Nashville. Now, if I'm not mistaken, this is what? Season five. Season five. Oh, my gosh. It's hard to believe. Season five of Nashville. And it's probably got a little more country in its blood. A little more country. That's right. Um, So this is the counterpart to Empire. We all know this. It started before Empire. (laughs) It did. It actually did. did. It did. Um, And what I like, because the fourth season, I know both of us, Ref, we had a lot of issues yeah with where they took the story uh because this was a show we really enjoyed oh yes i think in season five with new showrunners now new network they pared it down so it's not as much coming at you and it works a lot better they have more room to breathe so at this moment we see Raina james played by the great connie britain she's moving forward with her label she has a stalker okay oh boy all right uh, but her relationship with her husband is good with Deacon. Thank you. Finally, good God. Oh, my yes. gosh. Thank you so much. I was just like, I couldn't take anymore. <laughs> yes, played by Charles Eston. Now, the aftermath of the last season with their older daughter, Maddie, um, played by, I think, Lennon Stella. Let me check that. But anyway, so that has uh, improved, but it's not quite perfect because uh, Maddie has found a new love interest. A singer on the streets. Yeah. And he is black. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Oh, Brian, go ahead, Maddie, get your swirl on. But of course, they're cool with that. The problem is, though, he has a mental health issue. Mm. Now, on the other side, we have, on the other side, we have Little Scarlet, we have Gunner. They're the exes, but they're together. But does Scarlet, can Scarlet handle it? In and out. Yes. Scarlet, though, they had to uh, film a music video and the director is absolutely crazy and he really pushed Scarlett to be authentic, to be a woman. Ooh. And she didn't like it, but it's starting to change her. Ooh. Ooh. Also, just to wrap it up, we have Hayden Panettiere who knocks it out of the park every time in the show. Okay. Her character, we know there was a, a, a huge plane crash at the end of season four, the cliffhanger. So we see her now trying to rehabilitate. She's back with old boy who's trying to help her. But, you know, of course, it's with Avery. Yeah, with Avery. Yes, that's right. Her husband. Yeah, Jonathan Jackson. There you go. But, of course, Hayden Panettiere's character, Juliette Barnes, is ornery. But there was a woman who was there after the crash who sung to her and comforted her. And she's been searching for her. She found her in a church, a black church. So now she's going to church and she wants to record gospel music. So <laughs> that's <laughs> So there you go with Nashville. Oh, you know what? Nashville, you never ever disappoint. I will hop back on the train just for that. Now listen, USA is back with Colony. This is its what, second season at this point? That's right. And uh, we've got uh, this was a complicated show because we're dealing with 
aliens, zombies, or something, and everybody has to be... I, I can't quite follow it, but you can go ahead and, and update us. Yeah, so the colony is aliens came to the to Earth and colonized parts of Earth. That's what happened. So there's Los Angeles colony, for instance. San Francisco's separate. So wherever you were, they dropped walls down. And that's it. You wouldn't be able to get out. So if you were away from home and your home's in a different colony, you're not going home. Wow, this rings like reality. <laughs> Walls, you can't return home. Aliens invading the United States. Hey, maybe we have some uh, show creators who are psychic. So, <laughs> so we have Josh Holloway. We know him from Lost and other shows. We have Sarah Wayne Callies. We know from Prison Break, which is coming back. We know her from yeah. The Walking Dead. They are a married couple. Uh, Sarah Wayne Callie's character is with the Resistance secretly. Josh Holloway's character is working for the aliens in order to get their middle son back because he's in a different column. That was season one. Season two, Josh Holloway actually goes to rescue that middle son, but their older son did something at the end of season one that puts him into prison. Oh, so boy. they get one son, they lose another, they're trying to get him back. Sarah Wayne Callie's character has been caught, but what does that mean? She's not imprisoned. They're trying to turn her to get to the resistance. Now, what I did enjoy at the beginning of this season is, for the first time we saw how the aliens colonized Earth, what those moments were. I think that was very effective. Also, I think they're doing a good job of keeping the tension going. So while the show isn't always perfect, if you like this kind of premise, Watch it. I mean, it's on USA. Why not? Oh, boy. Well, now, here's... Uh, talking about uh, seasoned, seasoned, seasoned show. Yeah. Showtime has Homeland. It is back. And let me tell you something. This is round, what, six at this point? Yeah. People, I... Um, the word on the street is that those who were once enemies are now working together again. And uh, we don't quite know what's in store for Miss Claire Danes. Yes. Again. <laughs> Again. Uh, we never know because, you know, Carrie Matheson, played by Claire, is, she has her mental health challenges, we know, but she's brilliant. So it's always that tension. But now she's back in the U.S. She's in Brooklyn. She works for a foundation that uh, helps Muslims living in the U.S. with all of their problems there. Uh, this time we have a new president, <laughs> oh, but it may not be who you expect. Mm -hmm. Now, this president has an opinion of how to handle uh, national security that doesn't sit quite well with the CIA. And by that, I mean Mandy Patinkin. And more so than Mandy Patinkin, F. Murray Abraham's character. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. So... We have Dara Dahl, played by F. Mary Abraham, who's always behind the scenes doing things that aren't great. We have Mandy Patinkin playing Saul Berenson, Carrie's mentor, who is really in the middle of everything. He has his own thing going. And we also have Rupert Friend from Pride and Prejudice, the Kira Knightley version, yeah. who is Peter Quinn. And Peter Quinn really went through it in the previous season. He's trying to recover in this season. And it's very problematic. So the question is, can Carrie deal with him, help to rehabilitate him? And can she, of course, help to avert 
problems that are coming on the terrorism uh, spectrum. And the question is, what's her relationship with this president-elect? Ooh, dun-dun-dun. Now listen, I have to interject in here with Homeland. Do not, and I repeat, do not try to watch this right now. You will be thoroughly confused. You will not know what's going on. I suggest that you go back if you have Showtime app or, you know, if you're, you have access to cable or if you have a friend who has the DVDs, who knows? Go back and watch the beginning because Showtime, um, Homeland is from the same creators as 24. Yeah. So um, you're really going to get that fast paced, fast moving, but they build off of one another and you really don't want to watch the show right now um, unless you want to be confused. So yeah, that's yeah. my advice. Yeah, that's right. Start from the beginning. Basket is back in the <laughs> second season on FX. Now talk about a, a completely different show. <laughs> um, it was strange season one. It's even more strange season two. It sounds like Baskets may need um, a little explaining. Uh, he's, a different, he's doing a different thing, isn't he? Look, Zach Galifianakis plays twin brothers. <laughs> okay and their names are chip and dale baskets chip and dale <laughs> <laughs> now chip baskets is a clown in the first season we saw him in Paris training at the clown school but he couldn't understand the language okay so this, he comes back he becomes a rodeo clown <laughs> whatever at the end of the season though he runs away he gets on a, a freight train. And in this season, we see him as a hobo. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that leads him into problems. He gets locked up. Now, his brother, twin brother Dale, uh, he's had a problem in his marriage. He's been kicked out of the house in this second season. So he's tried to romance the friend of Chip's uh, and that's uh, Martha Brooks, played by Martha Kelly. Yes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And Martha Kelly is a low-key insurance agent. That's what Wikipedia says. Okay. So low-key. She's like, I don't know, Dale. I don't know if I want to do this with you. That kind of thing. Okay. Now, who bails Chip out of prison? His mama, played by Louis Anderson. Yes, yes, yes. yes. He yeah. won an Emmy for this role. He deserved it. And he plays the mother, not comedically. He just plays it straight like the mother. So we see the development of the mother in this second season. That's very nice. She's trying to lose weight for her health, all of that. She goes into water aerobics, okay? Yeah. And she just doesn't know what to do with these two twin sons. But she also has adopted twin sons who are black and they are very successful DJs. So we'll see whether they show up again in season oh. two. So that is Baskets. Good yeah. luck, everybody. I mean, you'll know from the beginning whether this is the show for you or not. Oh my goodness, that was an earful. WGN returns with Outsiders. Yes, this is the uh, Paul Giamatti um I think he executive produced it. Yep. It is definitely, I mean, WGN, it's a tough network sometimes because some people have it and some people don't, but they are finding themselves releasing things on Hulu and, and things like that. So if you don't have WGN, 
you may can see the first season of Outsiders streaming somewhere. Yeah, and the good thing about WGN is they are expanding to uh, more places. So just keep a watch for that because it might be coming to you soon if you don't already have it. Now, Outsiders, we're in the Appalachian Mountains of Kentucky. Uh, and there are the outsiders. They live in those mountains. It is their realm. And they have a whole society, a whole culture that they've developed up there over many years. And the culture is they are led by a Brennan. And the Brennan can be male or female. So it's almost like a monarchy here. And the way that goes from one Brennan to the next, you'll have to watch the show to find. So in the first season, we see that one of the, the current Brennan was killed by her son. Oh, okay. boy. And the son is played by David Morse so that he could become the Brennan. Now, he married Guinevere Farrell, played by Jillian Alexi, but she has her own motives. So in this <laughs> season, she's now the Brennan. Because David Morse's character, they thought he was dead, but he went missing. And we see where he shows up. He's in captivity. Can he get out? Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Now, Asa Farrell, played by Joe Anderson, is he dead or not from the first season? They think he's dead? I don't know. There's some sort of mystical thing going on as well in this show. I don't know. But it looks like he was devoured by wolves. <laughs> oh, good gracious. Yes. Now, outside of the mountain... We have local law enforcement, okay? And local law enforcement, everybody, Deputy Sheriff Wade Houghton Jr., played by Thomas M. Wright, he took a force up to the mountain to try to get rid of all of them because there are some resources in the mountain, I'll tell you, that certain companies want to get their hands on. So he went up with the force at the end of season one to try to get control. At the beginning of this season, we see that that didn't really work out uh he ran away <laughs> he ran down the mountain and got out of there oh, and now boy. he's in these meetings with these people who have come to take over his job and telling them no that's not going to work no you shouldn't do it this way all of you have the wrong idea of what's going on so that's outsiders there's a bit of mysticism involved there's a, the whole of course outsider thing insider thing mountain versus in town there's a relationship that splits between the two check it out i think it's good it has mm -hmm. problems every now and then but it's certainly a, like anything else on tv oh my goodness uh wow let's go to sci-fi's the magicians which it's back on its second season again sci-fi is one of those channels that's really trying to beef up its programming so um you definitely want to, you know, not uh, count sci-fi out. Yeah. And this is based on the book series by Lev Grossman. If you know that, it's like the, the adult take on Harry Potter. So the show to me is not quite as successful, but I'm still watching it in the second season. And this second season, everybody, there is a fiction. First of all, it is about a school that trains magicians, just like Harry Potter. But this is a college so, you know, they're in their late teens, 20s, that kind of thing. There was the Beast, which is a magician villain that came in and wreaked havoc at the school in the first season. We see where the Beast is now with these students. Are some people in cahoots with him? Are they trying to get him or not? Now, there is a book series in the show. Oh, boy. That's <laughs> kind of like the Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe almost. Yep. 
Uh, so it's the land is Fillory, or even you can think Chronicles of Narnia. So the land is Fillory. And what happened is four of the students went to Fillory, this fictional place, supposedly they find out it's real and all of this is magic. And they, or they, or a few of them, they become the rulers of Fillory because they need human rulers in Fillory from Earth. So one of them, it has to stay there and reign as king. Now, the others are still trying to figure out what's going on with the beast and other problems. So here they have to start learning battle magic, which was outlawed at their school. But it's brought oh my back. Goodness. Yes. Wow. So that's season two. If you like magic stories, check it out. It doesn't always move forward the way it needs to. It's not always enough magic, in my opinion. But it's just enough that it keeps me watching from the next episode to the next. Oh, well done. Uh, the Path is back in its second season on Hulu. Now, again, um, you're going to find this to be a familiar cast. It's You can binge watch the first um, season on Hulu to catch up. It's not a lot going on. It's not like you have to commit to 26 episodes. No. It's very quick. It's there. It's, what, about an hour um, yeah. per episode. And they're back, and you're telling me that it's a little better for Aaron. Yes, that's right. So if you've listened to our podcast before, you know that I had some problems with the path. I liked certain things. I didn't like other things. I thought that Aaron Paul was miscast, uh, uh, actually, from the beginning. But what they've done through season one, which is just 10 episodes, and now into season two with his character, serves Aaron Paul. Now, Aaron Paul is one of the producers. So don't think that he wasn't involved in that evolution. Uh, so what happens is this. The Path is about a cult-like um, um, group. Cult-like. They wouldn't call themselves a cult. They wouldn't even right. call themselves a religion necessarily. But that's what's going on. So we have Aaron Paul, who's one of the members who are higher up on the ladder. There's a ladder you ascend to go to the light. Just like Enlightenment. Right. And they have a leader who started this uh, religion, and it's called Meyerism. This leader has been missing. Where is he? Hugh Dancy plays the de facto leader. And he's the one who supposedly is talking to the real leader. Is he or is he not? Now, we know what this real leader state actually is. So, Hugh Dancy is trying to control what's going on. He's trying to expand the cult uh, so they get more money and more followers. It's sandwiched in between a few dancing and Aaron Paul, figuratively and literally, is Michelle Monhan's character. Mm -hmm. She's a tough woman. She's married to Aaron Paul, but she was raised in Meyerism. Her whole family is in it. They were some of the original members. So she is torn between two worlds because Aaron Paul, we know at the end of season one, left the group. He had serious reservations. But his wife is still there, his children are still there, and his uh, son is now starting to ascend the ladder. And his son is having problems dealing with his father who's left the group. Because if you leave the group, you're excommunicated. No communication, supposedly. And Hugh Dancy's character is a psychopath. Oh, so boy. the real leader <laughs> is coming to Aaron Paul's character now in visions telling him, you're the leader. You're the one who's supposed to take over. So the question is, can Aaron Paul figure out a way to get back into the group, does he even want to, and take things over? Now, the other aspect, and to finish it with this, 
the FBI is on the trail of this group. And uh, one of the agents has infiltrated their ranks. This is putting a strain on his marriage though, but he wants to see this out because he believes that Hugh Dancy's character is up to no good. Mm, so done, go. done, done. Yeah. Wow. So that's. It sounds like we should really tune in um, to the path because they're they're leaving us hanging. Yeah. If you can make it through some of the problems early on in the first season, I think that now they found the groove. Oh, good, good, good. Let's end it with one of my favorite shows. Oh. <laughs> on PBS, it's Sherlock. Yes, it's back in its. Um, what do we call this? Is this the fifth season or the fourth? We're going to call it the fourth season because they've had specials. Yes. Uh, Sherlock is back. Yes, the team is back again. You know Benedict Cumberbatch plays Sherlock. This is really where he got his mark in America. Martin Freeman is back as John Watson. Dr. John Watson. Watson. And it's created um, by uh, Mark Gattis and Stephen Moffat. And of course, we all know that Mark Gaddis plays Mycroft, um, uh, uh, brother. Now, I'm gonna take this one. <laughs> <laughs> because I, as soon as I figured out that it was airing, I went ham mm. on PBS. You can, at this point, I don't think you can watch it because PBS has that new policy that every two weeks um, they take their you know those episodes down so unless you pay you can pay unless you pay unless you pay if you have if you are a paying member you're going to be just fine if not you're probably going to have to purchase it um so here's the thing sherlock is back from the abominable abominable bride we find that (laughs) sherlock was going to be um kicked out of london and never to return again, but somehow Mycroft gets him out of that, showing some new evidence. Yeah. But I would say that this season is dark with a capital D because we find that as they're solving these cases, Sherlock becomes more and more obsessed with the fact that Moriarty is not only alive, he's still dead, but he has this final plan for Sherlock. And so he's taking on any and every case that comes his way. And that's the arch nemesis of Sherlock Moriarty. Arch nemesis. If you know anything about the the Holmes uh, series, whether it's the movies, the books, or the TV shows, Moriarty seems to haunt Sherlock for the rest of his life, even though there are villains coming in and out. Now, we see through this first episode very, very quickly, and there are only three, so you don't have to commit your whole life to it. In fact, you can watch all of the episodes and still be just fine because there are only three per season with yeah. an occasional um, holiday episode. Yeah, each season so. is almost like a movie. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very, it's it's very well done, well acted. So in this first episode, we find that as Sherlock continues to take on these little itty bitty cases, it's feeding his obsession with Moriarty, but one of Sherlock's crew is found out. Past comes back to, we'll, I'm not going to give it away, oh. to um, a particular, um, and when I say Sherlock's crew, I mean his very small number of friends. Yeah. And it comes to a head. We find out that this person's past catches up with them and they have to flee. And in their fleeing, um, they are, somebody dies. I'll just say that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So sad. 
it's so heart-wrenching and you really do feel for Sherlock and his friends. Um, this person dies and we have to find out in, in, and I'm leaving out some stuff, but we have to find out in the next episode, the effects of that person's death. We see Sherlock go into a very deep, dark hole. He goes back on drugs. Um, but this person who dies comes back to life, so to speak, in a anonymous video telling yeah. Sherlock to save John Watson. Now, we mm -hmm. don't know, I'm not going to tell you who this person is, but they have to save John Watson. John Watson is in trouble. Yeah. You'll have to find out what kind of trouble he's in, but he's in deep, dark trouble. So Sherlock then, of course, does just that. When you end the season, <laughs> you thought Moriarty was 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 the arch nemesis which he is but there is another more brilliant more cunning more dangerous nemesis to sherlock holmes and i will say mycroft who yeah. is just as brilliant as sherlock holmes this nemesis this strange beastly kind of person <laughs> has a final plan for the home for the Holmes boys. Now the question is: Is this the final blow to Sherlock Holmes? Is mm. this the end? I mean, the episode is called "The Final Problem." Yeah. And this one, I'll have to say, hit hit, hit hits close to home. Mm. It's yes. close to home. This may break Sherlock Holmes. It may break John Watson. It may be the end, or maybe not. <laughs> so we'll have to watch and see, um, but we do know this: we do know that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is signed up for a season five. So um, you know it can't be that bad. Yeah, it's like filming a movie for them, uh, so they yeah. just have to find the time. And I will say for this uh, fourth series, the middle episode you were talking about—that spiral for Sherlock, the drugs—that to me exemplified what's best about this show. I was absolutely riveted in uh, that hour and a half or so. so That's because you, know, you have a dark heart. <laughs> hey, hey I'll, I'll take it, I'll take it. Yeah, but watch out everybody in your real lives. Who knows who's lurking around you, what they're actually doing and who they're actually being. That's the lesson from Sherlock. Yeah, yeah, definitely, def definitely. And then I have to throw in there that we have um, a, a, a one episode villain uh, appearance by the wonderful Toby, um, what's his name? Toby so-and-so. He's just Toby. <laughs> look, 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 shorter gentleman who... <laughs> oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, we know we what you're talking about. We don't know his name! Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Toby Jones. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> um, listen, TV is back, and it's something, you know, again, we've ranged from second seasons to all the way to six seasons. Again, if you, with all the streaming devices that are available, if you've heard something that's interesting to you, and you're like, oh, I really want to, I, I, I'm intrigued by that. Guess what? There's who? There's Amazon. There, um... There's Netflix. There's even Crackle. I mean, you can <laughs> find any of these um, shows somewhere, or you can just do like we all do sometimes when we can't find it. Go to iTunes. Go to Amazon. Mm. Go to um, your uh, local Walmart or something and buy it, because TV will keep going, and these shows will keep going, and therefore we will keep talking about television.
Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.